This is Stories and Soundscapes in Lo-Fi, the Humber Gallery's podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to take a look at The Breath of Distance, the current show at the Humber Galleries. The show was brought together by Alize Zorlutuna, our curator in residence. She brought together seven incredible contemporary artists across both galleries. These artists include Amber Williams King, Chunhua Catherine Dong, Petrina Ng, Soko Fong Nagash, Melissa Watson, Shelly Zhang, and Charlene Vickers. I interviewed Petrina during the Breath of Distance opening reception, and I asked her a few questions about her piece, Heirloom Facsimile. Heirloom Facsimile is a triptych of tapestry panels, hand-stitched by Petrina, of a public service document issued by the government of Hong Kong on cancer prevention. My name is Petrina. And my piece in this show is called Heirloom Facsimile, and it consists of three cross-stitch panels. Um, That's an enlargement of a three-page document that was originally published by the Hong Kong government. Um, It's about the prevention of cancer. And um, the original document was three eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper and it's been blown up four times to be A0 size, so they're about two feet by three feet. And each pixel of this kind of digital scanned document is rendered as a single cross-stitch. I asked Petrina to tell me about the process of stitching heirloom facsimile. How does the repetitive action of stitching in this piece act as a form of meditation and self-care? So I started the work when I was um, a master's student and I was living in the UK and um, it was my first time being away from my family. And um, so I I thought that I could finish this whole document kind of by the end of my degree, but it was actually this enormous project that I didn't really foresee kind of being so laborious and time intensive. Um, The document was originally found by my grandmother and she had faxed it to my father. So there are some of the kind of fax garble junk stuff um, on the top of the pages and then my dad scanned the document and emailed it to my brother and I as like an FYI I think mm-hmm. he thought it was like very serious okay. a very like informative document um, yeah and then when I finished my schooling um, I moved back to Toronto where my parents live and um, my mother was actually diagnosed with cancer Um, while I was working on the second and third pages um, of this text. And in kind of, you know, the cruelest way possible, my life started really reflecting my work and started kind of enacting. My mom became um, involved in a traditional Chinese medicine routine and she was seeing an acupuncturist as she was going through chemotherapy. And I had started this work, you know, kind of not really considering TCM or the traditional Chinese medicine to be this kind of useful thing. I was kind of approaching it like I had this distance between the content as being this Chinese form of thinking and of knowledge that I didn't have a connection to as a Canadian. I was born and raised in Canada. Um, And so I always felt that there was this disconnect between 
my own kind of upbringing and um, the own, you know, the culture that I grew up with in here in Canada, and the culture and knowledges that my parents grew up um, with in Hong Kong, and. You know, through the whole process of my mom getting sick and passing away, and working through all of this, you know, inherent trauma that comes with something that happens with a really big loss, um, I really started to see the document in a new way and started to really kind of feel like I had a better understanding of the content and of alternative forms of knowledge. Both kind of culturally or intergenerationally, as well as the kind of, you know, unknowableness of science and of life that we don't really, you know, have a handle on from both a Western and an Eastern perspective. Um, so I was working on this, you know, very laborious, time-intensive work, and um, I had kind of resigned myself to leaving the work in progress at my parents' house and taking trips up to see my mom. And having the work there to work on kind of gave me an excuse almost to go and spend more time with her. It's sort of like a self-imposed artist residency. Um, so in that way, it was really kind of this meditative exercise that I was able to go and kind of do something with my hands while spending time with my mother as she was as she was getting sicker and sicker. So that became a very kind of personal kind of aspect of the work for me. Um, but I don't think even really necessary to know all of that stuff to to look at the work with your kind of your own perspective I asked Petrina about alternative medicine and traditional Chinese medicine and healing and how it came into play with this piece like my mom was, you know, I was learning a lot about traditional Chinese medicine because my mom was doing both chemotherapy, like a Western medicine approach, as well as acupuncture and, um, you know, a special kind of herbal diet all related to traditional Chinese medicine. And, and I really saw the value in it and I saw the value in an alternative approach, whereas Western medicine really focuses on um, curing what's wrong with you, like what your sickness is. A lot of Eastern medicine I've since learned is really about kind of a more holistic approach and trying to keep the body in balance and in harmony with itself. Um, and I really saw kind of the, you know, both benefits and detractions of kind of both systems. And, um, you know, because of TCM, my mom was really strong through chemo, and I think that it has a different kind of value that Western medicine doesn't seem to really think about too much. And I think that like those different systems of knowledge can mirror how intergenerationally different systems of knowledge, like I'm a child of immigrants, so my parents grew up with very with a very different culture and knowledge system than I grew up with. So there's disconnects there, um, feeling like there are ways to kind of access each other's knowledges and, and, and that there's meeting kind of points between different kinds of t cultural tensions. Um, and as well as just, you know, with with time, I think systems of knowledge are changing all the time. Um, and that is, and again, so the I think the work is really about kind of different forms of 
of knowledge and of knowing and of um, kind of understanding that where there's loss, there's also opportunity for, um, you know, the generation of something new. During the process of faxing and scanning the document, information was gradually lost over time as each process was repeated, almost as a sense of loss. I asked Petrina to tell me if this relates to the process of sharing information between many generations cross-culturally. Yeah, absolutely. I think that no matter how hard we try, there's just always loss everywhere. You know, like everyone has experienced loss of, of different forms. Um, I think that, you know, intergenerationally, there was always kind of this notion of loss that I think that especially when you grew up in a different culture than your parents, that loss is really pronounced in a really deep and sustained way. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to kind of mirror that process of through kind of different eras of technology that there is information lost um, as the information goes through these different forms of communication or of um, media, um, but also that that loss doesn't have to be, you know, always a negative thing. It can be something that's generative and something new can come from that loss. Something that I think about a lot is kind of the inherent failure in knowledge sharing. There's kind of never this perfect way of really monumentalizing or archiving the knowledge that you feel that you have in a way that someone else would be able to fully absorb, you know, 100% of, of what you're saying or what you're talking about. Um, and I think that that's okay. And that's why like knowledge sharing and learning, it's always going to be this complicated give and take process of loss and generation and um, mistranslations and, and confusion, but that that's okay. This was Stories and Soundscapes in Lo-Fi, the Humber Gallery's podcast. This podcast was recorded on Humber's North Campus. We acknowledge the land that we're guests on. We acknowledge that Humber's central campus is located in Adobigo, Place of the Alders in the Ojibwe language. It's uniquely situated along the Humber River watershed, which historically provided an integral connection for Aboriginal peoples between the Lakeshore of Ontario and the Lake Simcoe-Georgian Bay region, known as the traditional territory of the Ojibwe Anishinaabe Aboriginal people. It includes several First Nations communities throughout the area. Thanks for listening and make sure to check out our other episodes.